I'm Ginny Buckley. And I'm Tom Ford, but not that one. And we're from electrifying.com, the place to head if you're new to the electric car game. And this is Electric Virgins, a podcast brought to you by Green Flag that puts celebrities into electric cars for the first time, finds out what they really think and then discovers if they're ready to make the switch. So, Ginny, let's crack on. Who is our electric virgin this episode? Well, it's somebody who became pretty famous after spending some time on an island. An island? Mm. I know. I know. It's that castaway dude with the talking basketball, isn't it? No. It's, to, it's Tom Hanks. No, it's not Tom it's Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. That's no. amazing. No, it's not. We've got Tom Hanks. Stop it. We've got a lot of ground to cover today, so let's get on with it. Because if our guest's Instagram feed is anything to go by, he's probably about to jet off to somewhere warm and hot. It's Tom Cruise, isn't it? No, it's not. It's Tom Cruise. So, Tom, please welcome our electric virgin Reality TV star and Instagram legend, Mr. A.L. Booker. A.L., hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. So let's start with a little snapshot of your car life. Are you actually a car person or are they just something that gets you from one cool place to another cool gig? No, no, I am a car person. I've grown up around cars, around motorbikes. My dad is a bit of a car fanatic, so um, it's kind of in my blood and... There are a couple of cars on my list that I would like when the time's right. But yes, I I love cars. I always have. Okay, so when you foolishly said yes to doing this podcast, did you have any expectations about what electric cars are like? What actually living with one for a week would be like? No, I assumed it would just be like having a regular car. And to my amazement it was it was slightly different i i use zip car occasionally as i'm in a london and so i have driven an electric car before but it's been charged for me i drove it for an hour or two and i kind of dropped it back without having to think about any of the finer details and one thing i learned about electric cars is that you have to be organized you have to plan ahead and um, (laughs) it's safe to say I'm probably not the most organized person that plans too far ahead. So it was, (laughs) it was a week of learning. That is for sure. Before we hear how you got on properly, we ought to actually talk a little bit about the car we gave you for the week. Yes. We know that you like to travel. So we figured that battery range would be important to you. And we know you're also really into sustainability and the environment. So the car we chose for you is the brilliant Polestar 2. Now, it's got 336 miles of range and it's built by a brand that's really, it's really, really keen on the whole sustainable side of stuff because a car isn't necessarily just about the pollution that it produces at the tailpipe. It's also about the pollution that it produces when it's being created, when it's manufactured. And Polestar are really keen on managing all of that sort of stuff. So can you sum up for us in one word, what did you think when it turned upon the doorstep, Al? What was your reaction? In one word, I thought it was quite sexy. It's a it's a sexy looking electric <laughs> car. We'll we'll take sexy. We'll take sexy. But you did have um, a few more thoughts than that. So let's have a listen now to what your first impressions were. Oh, here it is. So it's this gunmetal grey colour, which I'm a big fan of. It's got nice alloys. It's a pretty sexy car. Oh, it's got a panoramic roof. I'm a sucker for a sunroof or a panoramic roof. Oh, it's it's got me going already. <laughs> I love the fact you immediately go, colour and rims, colour and rims. Yeah, come on, that's what you've got to think about. 
But what is it? What is it with the panoramic roof? You, you love that. I love natural sunlight and I, I find cars can be quite claustrophobic when there's not light coming in. And yeah. a yeah. roof just allows all this light to pour in. It gives this idea that you're in a bigger space than you are. I love being outdoors as well. And, and it just feels like you're bringing the outside in. And it's, it's a weird thing. But if I get in a car and there is no uh, either sunroof or panoramic roof, I, I, it feels dark and claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. So we're off to a good start. We are indeed. So um, let's see how you went on with, with the important bit, of course, which is driving and charging. Today, I am going on a road trip. I'm a little bit apprehensive, though, I will be honest. And I'm apprehensive because I've never gone on a long journey in an electric car before. So I currently am on 71% of electric power. I have 190 miles and it is over 200 miles to Leeds. The thing is, is that I have just put my location into uh, Google Maps and I will be honest I am not loving the screen a hundred percent it feels a little bit outdated and confusing to use but I do love the fact that it uses Google Maps and it has implemented charging stations along the way okay so I have just arrived at the charging station. I have 70 miles left and 25%. It initially told me that I was only gonna have 20% when I arrived. So we've actually conserved 5%, which is pretty good. Um, I am now taking out the charger here. It's a different shape to the one that I have. And I, oh God, I hope the cable reaches. One second. Preparing to charge, setting up communication with the car. It's all very exciting and futuristic, that is for sure. Um, Oh no. So one second, tell me what's going on with your electric car. Well, with Tamworth, the grid serve, because it's a moto, they don't maintain them. You travel from south or anywhere, especially on the M42, because it's dire for chargers, because there's not very many. And then you find a broken one. Oh no. So then you come to another one and it's busy. Oh, is, did we just take your spot? <laughs> you beat me to it. It's first oh. come, first served. You bad man. <gasps> oh, she was <gasps> not bad, happy, let me tell you. But she's got a point. It is first come, first served. Uh, that's the weird thing, though. You absolutely took the bull by the horns with this, didn't you? Because driving an electric car a long way when you've never done it before is properly intimidating. For sure. Because there's not a petrol station on every, every corner. No, but... I, what I loved about the car, and I, I don't know if it's in every electric car, but it did factor in the mileage, where I'm going to need to stop. And it gave me a bunch of different options of where there will be a charging station. Later down the line, I realized that the maps aren't as accurate as they you might think they are. So I got lucky on that road <laughs> trip. And because they were yeah. service stations, they do have chargers. But what I came to find out later is that some charges just don't exist where they say that they are. Um, but for this particular journey, it was quite effortless. It's not obviously as quick as filling up your car at a petrol station, but some of these superchargers within 20 minutes, you know, I've got nearly back up to 80% and I can go to my destination and then start my journey back. 
It's definitely getting quicker. Um, I mean, some of the charges that are coming um, out now and that you can find around the UK, you know, you can put 100 miles into your car in about 10 minutes. So it's hardly enough time just to nip in and and grab a cuppa and, you know, nip to the bathroom and and choose what chocolate you want. The one thing that AL experienced, though, is what I've noticed quite a lot of, and you have as well, is that everything's getting a bit busier. So the more people that are getting electric cars, you end up turning up at a charger and you might have to wait for a little while before you can get on it. And that's something... Did that lady scare you? Because she seemed to come out of nowhere. She didn't scare me, but I nearly got in an argument with a guy last night. Oh. I Let me tell you something. And, you know, I let's not put everyone in the same basket here but tesla drivers think that they have some kind of ownership over the road and that they uh, have a precedent in in driving in the chargers in all of this and i was sat at a charger just about to get out my car and this guy comes over quite aggressively rolls down his window and is like are you staying there mate or are you uh, or are you leaving and i was like no, I've just got here. I'm staying here. And he kind of just gave me this death stare for about <laughs> 10 seconds and drove off. And I just thought, what, right? You know, you're, you're so righteous yeah. in your Tesla. And I turned up at a Tesla charger and there was about eight Teslas all in a row. And there was a middle spot. And I backed in in my Polestar thinking, look at me. No! Got out to try and charge it. Some guy gets out of his car. I'm like, mate, can I charge it here? He's like, no, no, it's only for Teslas. He goes, what car are you driving? I go, a Polestar. And he goes, haha, and walks away. Oh, there, there is a, a bit of a smugness, I think, with some Tesla drivers. Yes. And that's because the infrastructure and that charging infrastructure is great. Because yeah. they have their own. They have yeah. all the superchargers. But in other countries in the world, Tesla have been opening up their superchargers to other brands. So you would, in the Netherlands, for instance, you would have been mm. able to charge your Polestar. Interesting. But it's and not actually come here yet. That's what I originally thought when Google Maps took me to that specific charger. Yeah. I assumed yeah. I, if it's taking me here, then I can do that. But anyway, it comes back, Ailes, that thing you were saying, which is it makes you more organised. And some people in your life might be happy that your electric car will make you more organised. I don't know. Are you an organised person? There are a lot of people in my life that would probably be happier if I was a little bit more organised. What I will (laughs) say in argument to that comment is that sometimes life doesn't always go to plan and you don't have... 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes in order to charge your car. And I found that the other morning when there's all these lampposts around where I live that are lamppost chargers and they take quite a long time. And I plugged it in overnight and I got back to my car in the morning after this long road trip to Leeds and I got home with about 3%. So I know I'm probably cutting it very fine compared to most. Very fine. Yeah. That most, makes my teeth itch, I leaving know, it that but I like living on the edge. It was enjoyable. It was like, are we going to get there or not? Um, <laughs> I, I plugged it in and I had a busy day ahead of me, places I needed to be on time. I get to my car that morning and it didn't charge. Oh, uh, it that's yeah, that, and, and that is the worst feeling. I've had I've had that happen to me, and it's horrible, isn't it? You just the, feel so stressed. You, well, you're helpless, and there's nothing you can do. It's not yeah. as if oh, I'm gonna uh, you know I'll be five minutes late, but I'm gonna rush to the petrol station and just you know put a tenner in my car so I can make it there, and then I'll figure it out after my first meeting. It is you, mm-hmm. the car owns you in that respect, and that is mm-hmm. quite difficult. I've also found that there's no point putting charges where normal cars can park because 
nobody cares and they park in front of the charger and the cable is only so long. And that's another thing that I've noticed. If your car isn't perfectly angled to the, where the charger is, then you've got to re-angle it in order to uh, to plug it in or your cable's not long enough. And the Polestar, it's on the uh, on the left rear side, isn't it? The yes. charging point. So it's you have to do a lot of reversing if you want to get it in the right place. I, I think it's what's really important, I think, to remember, though, is that for a lot of people, we will do our charging at home. Yes. So when you can charge at home on, you know, using your home charger overnight, you wake up in the morning to a full tank of electricity. A lot of that stress is taken away. But it's for people who are in the situation that you're in, where you are relying on, you know, charging on the street, charging at public chargers. That's where it becomes more challenging. My mum has the electric mini she loves it she raves about it she charges it at home every night yeah it's it hasn't let her down once and i think if you are able to charge it at home if you know your routine a little bit better and it's not so Mm -hmm. um, uncertain a a lot of the time they are amazing cars because ultimately who's driving more than 200 miles at a time without taking a 20 minute break anyway Mm -hmm. i i can't fault them and and where they are heading and i it's such an exciting space to even dip my toes into but i really like the idea that you're actually accepting that there are issues but you're still keen you know because by the way we improve it is to criticize it definitely and i'm not here saying it was a i loved i loved my week and i love my polestar and i will be upset when i give it back um but there are teething issues anything that is still new that a lot of people are trying to use is is going to go through rounds and rounds to becoming better and better. And I think ultimately people need to share their experiences so we can improve on them. Now, while you, you loved your uh, your car and you said there was lots you loved about the Polestar, there were a couple of things that you weren't too keen on. So <laughs> let, let's, I've heard this. let's listen to this. I am just driving along the M1, but something popped into my mind there's only two things that stand out to me that I think could have been done better. One is the screen and the interactive experience. Number two is the aesthetic of the key and what it looks like. It resembles a very large square fob that you would maybe use to turn off your alarm system in the 1990s or early 2000s. And I just think, If I was sat with my friends and everyone was putting their car keys on the table, I would probably avoid putting my car key on the table if I had this car key. We've just got to go straight to the point that, can you talk to me, the car keys on the table thing? What's that about? No, that's that's just you. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's... uh, My brother actually was with me in the car at the time and he was like, maybe you shouldn't be so harsh about the key and maybe you should just say you don't like it. It's, sometimes it's about the smaller details. I think why create such an aesthetically pleasing car with all these minimalistic features and then just such an Have ugly, clunky key? key. That is... Yeah. It's, and it's the one thing you touch every yeah. time. It's so true. To the car. Yeah. The whole time. It, does look, it looks like a little a little black plastic kind of mini matchbox, doesn't it? it there's, it's it, not... It's, it's just not attractive. There's, there's nothing... <laughs> there's... Logically, in my mind, there is no reason why it needs to look the way that it does. And you are definitely right. Also, you know the buttons are on the side of that key? Yes. If I put it in my pocket, 
then go into my house. Sometimes it opens the boot. I've got a Polestar too. It opens the boot when I sit down. Wow. Which yeah. just makes it, it's not functional or good looking. No. So, yeah, it's just annoying. It, yeah. but, but the future will be, the future will be apps. Aisle. You know, you'll have a, an app on your phone the way, you know, with a Tesla, for example, you don't have yeah. to even, even worry about a key. So the future will be more things like fingerprints to open your cars or facial eye, recognition. Facial recognition. Yeah. So I think, uh, but I completely agree, you want the key to, to give you a lovely reminder of the car and it not just be some lump of for, Of, of cheap, what you're driving, of plastic. what you've invested in, of, of the future that is coming. I think a key represents a lot more to a car than just the functionality of opening it and closing it and opening the boot. And for me, Polestar being a a somewhat new electric car brand on the market, I think they let themselves down with the key. (laughs) We're giving a lot of time to the key. And we are giving a lot of time to the key, but it had a big impact on you. You know, it's important to talk about these things. That and the screen. What was it about the screen that you didn't like? This might be an unpopular opinion to Android users. It is like <laughs> deciding to buy an iPad from Apple or get a Samsung tablet. And for me, I would always go for that Apple product. It, it just, it seemed slow, slightly confusing to use. I didn't, I wasn't really able to navigate my way around it. There were just... I think when a screen controls so much of a car, it has to be really methodical in the way that it's done. Otherwise, it distracts you from the driving. And I I just didn't find my way around it as easily as I would have liked to. And that, for me, was unimpressive. Yeah, it's not as intuitive as it could have been for you. Yeah. Ail, don't, don't mince your words, though. You know, do say it like it is. Don't, don't feel that you've got to hold back. You know, don't, don't annoy an entire, an entire sort of tech base. I'm not, I'm I mean, not the here fact to you... offend, but I just, I think people would agree with me. I, think... I agree with you. Honestly, I do agree with you. I, I think I'm one of the few people that doesn't think that. Well, I've that... lived with one for a bit and it does get easier, but it's not instant. You're right. For instance, when you're like when you're following the maps and you want to change a song and you want to see what the so- what song's playing it's it's yeah. not all there on the screen together it's and, two screens away yeah it's two screens away when they could just kind of box it off into a double screen or maybe when you want to you know put the aircon on or or turn turn down the heating it's you've got to swipe up but if you swipe up too much then it changes the whole page mm-hmm. and you know, I, I just think the functionality of it was... You've just got massive hands. You've just got massive <laughs> yeah, hands maybe. and you've got really heavy fingers. <laughs> yeah, but it's I'm just, not holding It's one back. of those things where I agree with you. I yeah. think when there's loads and loads of information, it's always going to be tiered and it gets quite complicated sometimes. Definitely. I, I, I agree with you there. I loved the Google Maps feature and I'm a Google Maps user to my core on anything that I can use when I can use it. And so yeah. I... I have a lot of respect for that because it simplifies the journeys. So that I liked. Oh, there yeah. was one other thing that got you going though. And it's, it's equally a small point. Listen to this. One thing that I do love about the car, besides the panoramic roof, which I will forever be mentioning, is the indicator noise. There is something incredibly <laughs> satisfying and very nice about it. Just take a listen to this. It's like a new kind of popping that I've never heard before and it is very, very lovely. That recording (laughs) 
gives the indicator no justice whatsoever. I urge anyone. Would you, that would ever you do it for us? Pardon? Could could you just try and rip, could you try just to recreate the sound of the indicator for us? Go on. Because it obviously had a huge impression on you. Like that? I don't know. That's it, that's it, that's you it. it. That's it. it. You got it. He got it. It does sound it's so Yes, that is it. That's what it, it doesn't sound anything like. Okay, you ready one more time? Talking about. Okay, ready? Oh, okay. That is actually quite what are you doing with your mouth? <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm the indicator. I am the car now. I am. It's at not a, there's it. a career in um, that. You do love the you do love the details, don't you? I, you I really do. Like the I, I think that you use the whole time throughout the whole experience of being in a car, and so it is down to the finer details. And I think the indicator was a, a sound that I haven't heard before in a car. It's not the same as the generic indicator noise, and it's quite satisfying. Now, Al, you've been um, electrified for a week. So we reckon you must be pretty much on well on the way to being an expert. So <laughs> in a li- week. That's <laughs> not fair. Listen, no, I think as you're I'm right. sure you know, together with Green Flag, we have a word of the day on our site on electrifying.com. Do you do know that, don't you? You you check it every day. Give of a cup of tea I and do. then check what the word of the day is. Of course. Who doesn't? Of course you do. <laughs> so to see how much you've been paying attention, we're going to give you the description of a common electric car term. And we'd like you to choose the correct answer it's as simple as that it's the word of the day (laughs) with al booker let's go here we go drum roll please al booker what is the term for the storage area under the bonnet of an electric car is it a a frunk is it b a pouch or is it c a bootlet oh what is it you know the the front (laughs) yeah yeah i know because usually yeah i do know the front boot it houses the cables um I have no idea, but I'm going to say a frunk. Yeah, oh, an electrifying gold star to Come you. On, Brilliant. Was that, that a guess? No, it's the world's easiest. It's, I tell you, it's not a guess. Who wouldn't know that in these days? It's well, also it's also known as a fruit. Oh, is it? Yeah, it well, is. Who says that? I've never heard that. Lots of people say fruit. No, fruit, they don't. fruit, front boot. So Ginny's lying. Just ignore her. I'm not. Uh, anyway, <laughs> listen, I've got to get some more Love Island stuff in because they told oh. me I had to. And <laughs> I Googled you. you. I Googled no, you the yeah. other day, who though, says dude. That? I Googled you and uh, it was quite funny because I got a little bit jealous. I didn't know you could have an eight pack. I thought it stopped at six. <laughs> Nobody ever mentioned it. But it's... But anyway, listen, on Love Island, you get shipped off to that villa place that looks quite nice, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's do. a whole group of new ladies or girls or whatever that are trying to tempt you away from your relationships. This is, this is how is it works. Is there a question at the end of this? Or are you just really envious <laughs> no, about it? I'm getting You there. just want to live vicariously through this is, it. This is a really complicated way of saying, like, if you were... Is there a way, is there a car that you can think of, an electric car that would tempt you away from that Polestar? Is the one that you've seen that you thought, actually, that's the kind of electric car that I'd be looking at for my next vehicle? Something that really floated your boat? There is. Go um, on, go on, what is it? Don't say a Tesla. No, it's it's not. It's the Audi e-tron. Oh, Ooh. good choice. Yeah. The the really sporty Audi e-tron GT or yes, the more kind no, of... come on. If, yes. You know, the GT. <laughs> okay. Or, um, okay. It would be the Porsche Taycan. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So very okay. similar cars underneath. Yes, similar cars underneath. They don't look 
necessarily like they are electric cars, even though they have those slight features that that identify them as that. They're sporty. They don't compromise on interior and they still have all the nice features that you would want to find in a car. I've got to say both of those cars, aren't they? They're, they're two of our favourites. Yeah. They are absolutely magic. Yeah, they're, they're, you know they're the, the ones really I would have had on my bedroom wall as a teenager, those two cars. If they'd been invented when you were a teenager. It wasn't well, that look, I'm more than ago. happy to was... test drive them for you guys for the next week or two, so just let me know. <laughs> They well, are well, well, maybe we do a repeat episode with you. Let's. Let, you've got let's to do a proper. That. You've got to do another road trip just in a much, <laughs> much sexier car. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, look. Now it's almost time to find out if we've convinced Al to go electric. But before we put you on the spot with the question that we ask all our guests, just a reminder that our podcast is brought to you in association with Green Flag. Remember, the great thing about Green Flag is that if you're unlucky enough to break down or get a puncture, they'll send a specialist to your closest garage to come and give you a hand. They really will do that. Day or night, Tom? Well, day or night, yeah. I mean, they don't sort of clock off at seven o'clock. You'll be covered on those late night trips to stock up on chocolate. (laughs) You know me too well, you know me too well. Right then. So come on, Ale, back to your week with the Polestar 2. So there's a lot you liked about it. Indicators. Not the key. (laughs) Not the key. But I think you did enjoy sort of the experience, the quietness, all of that stuff as well, didn't you? I I, re- I really loved the whole experience. I also love the acceleration of it and the fact that it is just instant and and infinite. It's it's like being on a roller coaster, nice. following okay. the speed limits, so, of course. Yeah, of course, all under sixty five miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so would you, Al Booker, self proclaimed fan of green things? I do believe. Uh, reality TV star and model, consider going electric for your next car. A hundred percent. I'm sorry. Yes! We I got you. Yeah. No. I think you were halfway there already though, weren't you? I what was, sold you I was on it? So what was, you had challenges, but what sold you, do you think? Because as you said, you've not lived with an electric car for this length of time. You've really done some great journeys in it. You've really gone for it. So what was the bit that made you think, yeah, I, I like this? There is an element of simplicity in it and just get in and drive when it all goes mm-hmm. to plan. Um, they, they're more futuristic, even though I might have not been uh, so fond of the interactive experience. It is better than most other cars out there. And... They're, they're just nice to drive. They drive smoother. They seem to handle the road better there. And they look good. I, they're just, they feel different to petrol or diesel cars and something I've always driven. They, they just, they, there's a different experience. A different experience. And it's peaceful inside there. It is very peaceful. Oh, that sounds brilliant. And it's, it's a, they're all the things we think as well. It's a great, that's a really great description, actually. Yeah. And actually, that seems like the perfect point to end this week's podcast. So thank you for breaking your electric car virginity with electrifying.com <laughs> and for selflessly giving up your time to drive a really cool car <laughs> on a journey that you really needed to do to pick up your dog. Oh, <laughs> but thank you, man. That's been brilliant. Thank you guys so much for having me. You've been a joy. Thank you. And that sadly is it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed hearing about Ale's first time, please do like and subscribe so you don't miss out on more electric virgins. And don't forget, if you want to know anything about electric cars, we've got all the stuff you need to know about making the switch over at electrifying.com. Bye. Bye. Electric love.